Do you want to go first? I think participation is a right. Participation is children being included in everything. Participation would be you having a voice or you knowing you have a voice. And having the opportunity to go out and do things out of their comfort zone. Participation is the best. Participating in decisions, so making your own decisions, making your voice heard. Participation is being part of this podcast. Hi, I'm Miranda Moya from New South Wales Department of Family and Community Services. Welcome to More Than Just a Kid in Care, a podcast by Youth Consult for Change. This podcast aims to overcome stigma and explore what it's really like to grow up in out-of-home care. Today we're talking about participation. This is the third episode in a series that explores identity, belonging, connection and rights. Trigger warning. This podcast will include open and honest discussions among young people in foster care. Some of our conversations will include topics that can be emotionally challenging to hear, such as mental health, past trauma and the stigma of being in care. While we won't be showing graphic details, please take care of yourself when listening. When a child or young person is in foster care, so many of the decisions about their life, like where they'll live, who'll look after them, where they'll go to school, what sports they'll do, are all made by professionals. So how does a child in the foster care system get to participate in that decision-making process and in their own life? This is just one of the questions that the group bounced around at one of our recent meetings in Sydney, with team members flying in from all around the state. So we had the first question of how and when should children and young people in care participate, and we were kind of like talking about like meetings and like regular like discussions with like your caseworker about your life, because like it's your life, so you should have an active participation in like what they decide to do with your life. Like it's shouldn't all be them making decisions for you because like it's your life they're not living it you have to so asking and getting feedback about meetings that you did miss so that you are up to date with what they're actually talking about so you don't miss anything them making decisions for you does nothing for you in the end in the long run you're the one who loses all those skills to become an actual normal person after you're 18 and you leave care like it's it's not fair to you. So the second question we got is, what are the good things and hard things that happen when kids and young people participate? Okay, so the good, more likely to get what you want, peace of mind and you feel settled about what's happening. You can keep track of commitments made to you. You feel like a person. You have control of your life. Gain skills and feel worthy. Mm. Um, some of the hard things um, about it is it can be confronting to some. Um, participating in meetings with caseworkers and case managers, it can be daunting and scary as well. It can put a fear into you that you'll get put down from decisions or suggestions that you say. They'll say no or that's silly. And it's scary to be brave and vulnerable. You're being brave and vulnerable enough to like speak up but it's scary to do that considering you're with such important people that are making decisions for you. So I guess that can be confronting to you because you're sort of telling them how to do their job, but you don't want to do that. So, yeah. Clap. After the brainstorm session, we sat down with Tani, Samantha, Brandon and Aaliyah to dig a little deeper about what participation actually means for kids and young people in care. 
Off the top of your head, when you think about participation for children and young people in out-of-home care, what are the first words that come to mind? Meetings, important decisions. Being included. Involvement. Choosing where you want your life to go. Having an opinion. And how might participation be different for children and young people in out-of-home care compared to other kids? I think kids in out-of-home care are not necessarily asked if they wanted to participate, whereas kids who aren't in care are and or are always included, whereas kids in out-of-home care as being such a stigma, whether it's it's in life decisions about them or something as little as, as, as school and, and schooling and teachers and, and counsellors and whoever aren't not necessarily given a choice. Because some people that listen might not understand that kids in care have other people involved in making decisions about their lives. Kids who are with their families, it's just part of what happens in the household, whereas it's, you know, you've got a whole department or or lots of different departments that are actually kind of coming together and making decisions. It's basically just a bunch of people sitting in a room deciding, not including us, on where we're going to live, how we're going to feel about it and who we're going to talk to, regardless if it's our family or or what we're going to do. And basically dictating our life without including us on the decisions. I think that's why you need to actually get to those meetings if you can or make sure your caseworker or carer tells you what's happening at those meetings so that you can tell them, like, no, look, this isn't right. Like, you don't control my life. Yeah, your organisation or whatever looks after my case not my life, not who I am. Like, that's for me to control, not you, like, that kind of thing. Um, i.e. financial plans. Participation in that is, I guess, a big key. It's different people controlling over your life, so you would at least, you being the main priority of this decision, would want to be the main voice of the decision. So, yes, there's many people from facts and your caseworker. You'd also want to have the ability to put in your opinion of what you want to happen, what things you want financial support for, i.e. uni or cars or furniture, stuff like that. And without that, I guess it's just all these people making decisions that they think that you would want, I guess you could say. Being at the meetings, like case plan meetings and stuff like that, it's easier for you to get an understanding of what they're actually choosing for your life, which if you're there, you can have a say in it like you can tell them like you don't want that you can be like no that's not what I want like I want this like I just want to say that's also a right you have a right to participate in anything that's to do with decision making that's big based around you what other ways should kids in care participate going to meetings um for things decisions and organizing stuff is Possible, yes, but if you have school um like myself HSC it's really hard to choose like what's more important these meetings which are very important because you're leaving care or you're changing carers or you know your schooling which is also as equally important so for me I chose not to go to meetings but I said and suggested that I'd get a phone call after any meetings after any decisions or to give me a call if I didn't like anything I would say that I don't like that remove that change that my caseworker would then take that on board go back edit change remove things, add things, give more things of something, come back to me, bring me back or even come to the house and be like, okay, so this is what's happening, such and such, like we've changed this that you asked, we've changed this. Um, 
which allows you not to have to go to the meetings because going to the meetings can be very confronting um, as there's power, not powerful but big people, powerful people in front of you and you don't know who they are. You may know your caseworker but you may not know who that bald-headed guy is over there or that tall-looking lady over there is. Like, you might not know who they are. So it can be confronting. It can be scary. You've got to open up to what you want in front of these strangers that you don't know that all you know is that they're really high people and that they have a lot of power and they're going to be deciding what you can and can't do. Whereas when you're not there, if you tell your caseworker what you want over the phone and stuff like that, they can be the biggest advocate. I know personally I would want to be involved because I'm not comfortable with the idea of people making decisions about my future or my life without me there because I, I, I want to say in it. I want to agree, I want to disagree. I worry that if I'm not there, there could be things lost in translation because if it's not audio recorded, then how are you going to know exactly what was said or what was offered? And and being there, they could say some things and then you could think of other things and then they could think of other things and bounce ideas off you. So you need to participate in how you participate. Mm. I was going to say that before, like saying how you want to actually be involved. Like being at the meetings, some people might not be comfortable in front of people, which is what Brendan was saying before. Like people with power, you may feel confronted. Mm. And there's a problem with that as well because things can get lost in translation. So it's a complex thing. But just having the choice to, I guess, be there. Some people are more comfortable not being there, which is is fair enough and it's completely to their own decision. But I know for me, I'd be more comfortable having a say in and being hearing because, yes, you have to trust your caseworker because you have to trust that they're going to listen to you and and follow through on things. But I've had caseworkers that I've hated and have had no respect for me at all and I couldn't trust them and I wasn't involved in any of my decisions in my life. And it wasn't until I took charge of my own personal life and got a good caseworker that I started making right decisions for myself. How important is it for you to have a relationship or trust with the people who are making decisions about your life? I think it's important to have a person you can trust with these things because you know they're going to have your best interest at heart. Like it's not going to be all about the people who don't actually know you. For instance, like, your carers will be at those meetings and, like, they know you, so they're going to push for what you want more than what the other people want for you. The youth ambassadors were really clear about how young people should be included in their lives. But what do facts leaders think? Many of those approached by our resident researchers, Sophie, Charlene and Zach, talked about keeping the child front and centre. Um, Hello, I'm Sophie. What's your name and what's your position? I'm Kristen Hackett and I'm the Manager Client Services for Blue Mountains and Lithgow. What are you doing to make sure all children can participate in decision making? I never had case plan meetings without either having that young person there or getting their their views away, obviously, from the um, the meeting. So if they didn't want to attend, that was absolutely up to them. But I would never allow a case plan to be approved without that child's voice throughout the whole thing. It wasn't about the carer's voice. This was their plan. It's about them. So um, I instilled that message with all my caseworkers. Some caseworkers took a lot to look at sending it back. I'm not signing it. So you've got to be pretty tough to send that message out. For me, they lead our decision-making. Uh, Lee Smith, Manager Client Services at Tamworth. So how do you make sure that kids participate? We need to spend time with kids. We need to talk to kids. We need to to really listen to them because they're very wise little people and they know a lot of stuff. 
about what's good for them. So we need to give them every opportunity to participate uh, whilst at the same time guiding them as, as a, any parent or, or caring um, adult would do, uh, but also allow them to to be themselves and to have opportunities to influence the direction of their lives where, where it's safe to do so. And the other thing is, how do you make sure that they participate? Uh, it's not about us ticking a box. It's about a real relationship. And sometimes that takes time to build, for kids to build trust. Uh, so they may be reluctant to talk to caseworkers initially when they're visiting at the home so the caseworkers might suggest that maybe they might want to meet somewhere else or is there some other way that you know we can be connected because it's really important that that young person or that child has has a voice and we and we have the responsibility to work that out particularly if their their experiences in life have made them um, feel shut down and and unsafe and not trusting which is a lot of the time. So it's up to us to overcome that in whatever that, whatever that child wishes that to look like. So sometimes that takes a lot of, a lot of effort. I agree. That's really... It's true. Hi, my name's Sally and I'm a manager for accreditation in the intensive support team. What are you doing to make sure all children can participate in decision-making? Good question. So I work with lots of teams about engaging with kids. I worked with a team once where the caseworker knew that the um, this young boy was very nervous about the case conference. So they actually all had a dress-up theme and they had competitions for the best costume and they said it was fantastic and the young boy attended. He was happy to tell everyone and he had his mask on too so that made him feel better um yeah and it was beautiful amazing such a good thing to do so all the people were dressed up all the people were dressed up so the young boy dressed up the caseworker the manager casework the principal from the school came he dressed up he was a ghost um the school counselor came there were a few other people invited who weren't able to attend but i think that they gave some of their information rather than just writing it out they were doing like colored bits of paper and kind of themed it all to the theme of the costume so it was Yeah, it was really lovely to see and such a good experience for this little boy. I think that's really cool that they like um, did that for him, made him feel more comfortable. Thank you. Thank you so much (laughs) and thank you for letting me tell my story about the case conference because it was really nice. Let's hear more from Samantha, Brandon, Tani and Aaliyah about what participation means beyond just participating in decisions. How can children and young people in out-of-home care be best supported to participate fully in life? I think the best example and what we've all kind of related to and what was brought up in one of our first meetings is we can't have sleepovers unless their parents are police checked and working with children checks and making sure they're not serial killers or, like, hide bodies in their closet like just something so ridiculous and something that all kids love to do is sleeping over at a friend's house we couldn't do because there was all these other things that needed to be done before it which I understand in some cases and I understand how cautious and careful facts and and all of them are being but there's got to be some sort of leeway because again you want the child to feel as normal as they can given the circumstances that they've been through. Say another example, like having to get permission to get your ears pierced. It's like something simple like that. Like my 
my 12-year-old sister has to get permission to get her ears pierced. Like, yeah, it's from ridiculous. From parental permission, like from the actual parents, which is, an, sorry, which is another big thing because the care organisation may not have access to your parents. They may not know where they are. They Parents may not be con- like communicating with the care organisation, which makes it difficult for you then to get your ears pierced. It's like a ridiculous process and lengthy process. Yeah for something so simple and so little that I feel as though your care organisation can just be like, yep, okay, that's fine, yeah. like maybe get your caseworker to go. There's so something. many barriers to like <laughs> getting something so simple, which mm. I just think is ridiculous. So there's barriers to participating in life in, in the same way that other kids... Yeah. yeah. I think like the fact that it takes so much effort for something so like as little as getting your ears pierced is ridiculous and having a, a sleepover for one night like I was going to be going on holidays with my carer's sister who I call my carer mom and that like they're my family and so I was going to be going on a trip with my aunt but I wasn't allowed to because they didn't have enough time to do a police check on her and her like boyfriend at the time and like they couldn't suss out like the hotel and anything like that so it was that's where you can't actually do those kind of things, sporting events, all that kind of stuff. All of that needs to be looked over and it's just not worth it in the end. Like you don't want to try. I think it's embarrassing for kids out of care to try and participate because of the stigma and we don't want to have to explain because for me personally, I've, I'm embarrassed in the situation that I was in. Why, why am I going to bring all this hassle to my friends and it's embarrassing. I can't sleep over because your parents need to be police checked, and that then then people feel sorry for you, and that's the, that's the last thing I've ever wanted is people feeling sorry for me. Like it's just embarrassing. A part of that is like I know growing up in school, it was the biggest thing about bullying because it'd be a lot of like, oh, your parents don't want you. That's what it is. That's why you're in care. So I guess that was a really big thing as well. Like you know, not only is it embarrassing, it's a target for people to pick on so being in care because of that stigma do you feel like that prevented you from participating with your peers and and social groups Mm. especially school excursions were a very big one um like up until year nine or year 10 it was a lot of like oh we've got to find out our facts first and we've got to see if they've got to do a risk assessment you're leaving the state we'll just make sure we'll just make sure first when all the other kids' parents would be like, oh, yeah, it's orange, oh, look out. Aaliyah, I can see you're, you're nodding. You've had some similar experiences. I know, like, I went overseas. Like, that's very big, obviously, but it took them so long to get my stuff signed. My teacher was like, we need to get this, like, pushing. Like, And I was like, I can't. Like, I'm trying to get the people to sign it. <laughs> like, I'm trying. And even just going to excursions, like, even in Wagga, like, just around Wagga, like, you have to get that sign and you're just like, oh, my God, we're just going, like, ten minutes down the road. Why do we need, yeah. So the processes, oh, the processes ridiculous. get in the way of participating yeah. just in normal Which is what I was saying, things. which was what we were saying before about even just something as simple as getting your ears pierced. The process is so long. By that point, you're like, oh, well, what's the point? We don't have the freedom to participate. We don't have the freedom to do the things that other people are allowed to do. What's it like? What does it feel like? to have people who are strangers to you making really big decisions about your life. It's terrible. (laughs) You just, especially at a young age as well, like simple things, they're making decisions for you and you're just like, why? Like just like everyday kids, they... 
their parents make their decisions and they're involved. So why can't we have the same? I'd say it's weird for the simple fact that Sax's main goal is to make kids in care feel as though they're not in care. And if they want to achieve that feeling for a kid, I feel like the ultimate decision for anything should be up to the kid. I, I understand if they're younger, but I feel like up until, you know, 12 or maybe even a bit younger, I feel like it should be the kid's decision to sleep yeah. over and remove the red tape, have the carer know where the address is, what the parent's phone number is. Don't go into the whole police check thing. Like, I feel like there should be something there that allows the kid to be like, yeah, I want to go on this school excursion, like, organise it, you know? Some autonomy and some choice. Mm-hmm. I think caseworkers often forget that their job is to protect the children, to give the kids what they want. And I just I just have to say that because it's such a big thing. You are working for the kids, not for yourself. You were asking us how we feel and the feelings, and I would feel different and weird because you're not getting the same things as other kids. So it, it just makes you feel like an outcast and an outsider because you're not the same and that's all you're wanting to be is the same and having that some sort of norm in your life. I think on like how we feel that strangers are like controlling our lives, like I, I find it quite annoying and inconvenient because you're making big decisions about my life. You don't even know me. You haven't taken the time to get to know me as a person. That's not fair. What emotions do you experience when thinking about that lack of control? Confused and helpless. I'm definitely anxious and worried and angry. I think it's like a sense of like hate towards a lot of things to the fact that you can't control your own life, to the fact that people are doing it for you. You're the one who has to live it in the end and like them doing that doesn't help anybody. So I'm hearing that participation is not just about listening to the voices but doing something as a result. Yeah, like you got to do something. So can I just say one like thing? With the whole participation and decision-making and other activities, when you're not involved in those sort of things, I think personally that's downgrading because they're thinking that, oh, you're just a kid in care, like... You don't, what are you going to know? What are you going to know what's best for you? You're just a kid. Equality is where it's at. Thank you, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Again, a message to kids out there or young people who might be listening who've had a similar experience. I'd like to say to young kids, you're the biggest advocate in your life. You're the one who has to live it in the end. Don't let people, like, control who you are because in the end, like, you're the one who suffers from it. Just be the best you you can be and don't let anyone control that. Tani, for kids feeling quite scared about having to participate, what might be helpful for them to feel less scared? I think you've kind of just got to push through it. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be like, look, this is my life. Like, I think the kids just kind of need to realise, yeah, it's daunting. Yeah, it's scary, but you can do it. Like, you've just got to just push through the anxiety, just push through it and just say, like, what you want. Whether you do that through an adult or, like, you do it yourself or write it down or anything, like, talk to your carer, talk to your caseworker. There's so many ways you can get it out there and say, like, if you're in a meeting, an adult could say, like, I look, I think we need to listen to the kid. Like, you need to start listening. Sam, do you have a message? Take control of your own life. And I know sometimes that can be daunting for some people, but regardless of what you've been through, you've got your own inner strength and your own 
qualities and strength about you that that'll make you push through it and and at the end of the day it's your life you deserve and um have a decision in how it ends and unfortunately sometimes you need to be persistent and show initiative to get this stuff but I really think that even if you are afraid you've got your own inner strength and, and you just need to dig down and find it to make sure that you can live the best life that you can thank you Sam Aaliyah um I was just gonna say to Indigenous kids um I think you need to stand proud and Stand your ground if you feel that you're not being heard. Um, I just think that's the most important thing that you need to stand up for yourself and believe in yourself because you're definitely deserving. And worthy. And worthy, yep. And it's in law. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Your life is your decision. Like, you have control over it. And to make decisions, you need to know who you are. So I guess... Make decisions about helping find out who you are because the more you know about yourself, the more others know about yourself. Better decisions can be made for you, which will allow for a better future. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having us. And that's all for the third episode of More Than Just a Kid in Care, brought to you by Youth Consult for Change, a group of young people who are bold, determined and unstoppable. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and tune into the next episode, which is all about rights. Find more episodes on the U website. That's you.childstory.nsw.gov.au or just Google Child Story. One of our members composed our title track. You can find more of his music at Dat Gringo Beats on SoundCloud. Thank you to all the members of Youth Consult for Change for making this podcast possible whether it be in front of the mic or behind the scenes. They are the change makers. Thanks for listening. Do you need help fast? Call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or if you are between 5 and 18 years of age, you can call the helpline for a free confidential telephone counselling, especially for children and young people in out-of-home care. Thank you. How do you guys feel about all of that? It was good. Good? My right. You're right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>